Hey entrepreneurs and website owners, if you're ready to take your online presence to the next level, you need a reliable web host. And that's where HostGator comes in. HostGator is your one-stop solution for easy, affordable, and powerful web hosting. Whether you're launching a blog, an online store, or anything in between, HostGator's got you covered. Don't miss out on creating the website you've always wanted. Visit foxcitiesmm.com slash HostGator today and let your journey begin. You're listening to Fox City's Murder and Mayhem, your bi-weekly dose of true crime history in a small rural community of Wisconsin. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Fox City's Murder and Mayhem. I'm Eric. I'm Gavin. I'm Gavin. It's been a little little delay since we last recorded. I don't even remember when it was. Two weeks ago, probably. Okay, seems, I mean, it wasn't seems, that long ago. Seems longer, but okay. So, what do you got for, for what do you got for us for a story today? I'm told it's short. It's short. Uh, you can see my notes. Yeah, that is pretty short. Yeah, and and I I do recall from the last episode that we recorded that you would had promised that this would be an actual murder this week. Is was that, that was that supposed to be this one? It is. This <laughs> is an, there is an actual yeah, murder. Yeah, I believe so. I believe that, that that was the last episode we recorded. Right? Okay. Well, then that was accurate because yes. Um so today's story uh has an actual murder. <laughs> uh it's uh takes place in Appleton and uh we're going to meet one of the most notorious people in Appleton history this time. Ooh, Harry Houdini? No, no, not Harry. <laughs> we haven't done a Harry Houdini story yet. Maybe we will, but uh, no, it's somebody else, but it's somebody you've heard of. So, uh, Did he did he live in Appleton for more than two weeks? Yes. Or, okay, good. Yes. Yes, he's, he was in Appleton for a very long time, and he's actually in Appleton right this minute. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is he the murderer? No. Okay. <laughs> Wait a minute. So he's not the murderer, and he's not the person murdered, obviously, because no. he's in Appleton right now. So. Yes. All right. I, we just got to get into this story because I'm lost. Okay. That's okay. So, <laughs> See, now we got some intrigue. People <laughs> yeah. want to know. Okay. So this story is about Richard Rudolph Drabeck, and I'm sure I'm saying that wrong, because as bad as I screw up Italian names, Eastern European names <laughs> are even worse. <laughs> so Drabic, Drabich, I'm not sure. But anyway, so what's going on, Richard? Uh, Richard was born in Chicago, October 25th, 1895. So he, he would be dead either way by now. Everything was all fine and good. Uh, he married Hattie Hoffman. On February 14th, 1915. A nice Valentine's Day wedding. Ooh. Uh, yeah, so when he's 20, he gets married to Hattie, and they're happy. They're having a good time, right? Right. Well, for a while. <laughs> for a while. For a while. The well, couple the couple ends up separating. They're, t- they're together for over 20 years. Give them well, credit. They did pretty good. That's longer than I expected. I figure you get you get married on Valentine's Day. Nothing against anybody that might have gotten married on Valentine's Day, but yeah. you're doomed. Yeah. You're just doomed. Yeah, nothing of any importance happens for this 20-year gap. But they separate in October 1937. Uh, a divorce proceeding was started on the grounds of cruel and inhuman treatment, which I, I will say, uh, I've probably said this in previous episodes, but that could mean any number of things or it could mean nothing at all. 
typically if it's cruel and inhuman treatment, like it sounds like dudes like beating her or something, yeah, right? Um, it, which is possible, but a lot of times that was just what they used because it's one of the very few things you were allowed to get divorced for. For, for. Yeah. so basically, if you wanted to get a divorce, you just kind of figured out a way to dream up that this was happening so you could get the divorce. Yeah, is that more or less what it? Yeah, you you could go and be like. He berates me for burning dinner. And, I mean, you, you have to like really make a case out of it. But, but yeah, you couldn't get divorced just because you felt like getting divorced. Like, mm-hmm. There were pretty strict rules about it. So, uh, so I don't know the details there. It could have been terrible. It could have been nothing. I don't know. Anyway, so the divorce was granted um, by Judge Edgar Werner, who we're in Appleton now. They moved from Chicago up to Appleton. Uh, the couple divided their property. And had no children, even though they were together for over 20 years. They had no children. Wow. So, uh, you know. And this is what, the 20s and 30s? Yeah, we're up to the 30s, 30s now. now. So I don't know uh, if that was a decision they made or if they couldn't or what happened. But for whatever reason, that no children here. So pretty clean divorce. Hattie went to live at 403 North Oneida, while Richard was at 318 North Appleton Street. Which will mean nothing to you if you don't live in Appleton. <laughs> but if you do live in Appleton, you can probably picture where those are. All that aside, we'll get to the story. story. On the evening of December 20th, 1940, the former couple met up near the corner of Law and North. Okay. They st- I, got the, I got where that is right okay. now. So. All right. All right. They still met on occasion since the divorce. They actually were apparently quite friendly, uh, even though they were divorced. Being cold outside, because, you know. It's December. They decided to go for a drive in Richard's car. They went to Black Creek. Huh. And then they came back. They parked near the corner of Mead and Commercial. At this time, Hattie asked Richard, Hey, Richard, what are you doing this Christmas? Because Christmas is a couple days away. What are you doing for Christmas? He said he would be with a woman in Chicago who had been another figure in their divorce, which the paper's really vague about this, but I get that to mean that that, that he, there were rumors that he was seeing, seeing another woman. woman. Yeah. yeah. Hattie said, oh, yeah? And then she shot him in the stomach with a thirty-eight. The whole time she had the gun hidden under her coat, and she shot through her coat so he never saw it coming. Wow. So, I mean, there was some thought put into this, yes. you think, right? Yes. She had, this, she had the gun ready the whole drive, but it wasn't until, until he mentioned the other lady. Huh. Interesting. And at this point, they've been divorced for two years. So, so dude can do whatever he wants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but she did not like that. He was brought to St. Elizabeth Hospital, where he was reported in fair condition. Hattie was arrested immediately and charged with assault with intent to kill. The district attorney asked for a very high bond. The bond was set at $10,000, which uh, is significant, I suppose. She faced 30 years in prison. She wasn't able to raise the $10,000, so she stayed in jail for a while. At the jail, Hattie was very open with the police lieutenant on duty and with the newspapers. She posed for photos and told people that she shot Richard because she was jealous, which, you know, that tracks. Mm -hmm. Uh, Police determined she had purchased the gun in Green Bay on December 7th, so about two weeks earlier, under a false name. She had actually met up with Richard a couple times since she bought the gun, and she had the gun with her each time, but she had to work up the nerve to actually shoot him. So this was, she can confess that she had bring the gu- brought the gun with her? 
Yeah. Each time? Okay. Yeah, this is her telling the whole, the whole thing. Story. Yep. So Richard's in fair condition in the hospital when suddenly he dies. He dies on December 23rd. It's not that uh, the wound was all that bad at first, but apparently the bullet went through his stomach and actually lodged in his spine. Ooh. And because because it was like not his back, it was like through the insides, they really couldn't get there with the surgery very well. And infection set in and he died of an infection. Um, so that's, you know, that's fun. A coroner's jury was assembled, and of course, they decide that the cause of his death is that he was shot <laughs> by his ex-wife. A pretty straightforward coroner's jury on that one. So is when you said that he she got charged with for thirty years, that was she, after that, he, that was, was that was the assault with intent to kill. She faced thirty years. Oh, okay. It could now be she's up getting to 30. Re, now she's getting recharged. Okay, because now it's not assault with intent to kill. Now it's murder. Wow. So you. With assault with the intent to kill can get you 30 years? At least in the 1940s, yeah. Attempted wow. murder could get you 30 years. Holy crap. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, we've learned on this podcast that that rarely happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But... It's probably so severe because they never get anybody. Yeah. <laughs> they... You could get 30 years, but you probably get three. <laughs> All right. So, Hattie pleads innocent. Uh, she says... I'm innocent because I was insane. All right. Okay. Which is fair. I mean, not the not fair to say she was insane, but she can't really say she was innocent after telling everybody what she did. Right. So, I mean, I guess that's a okay way to go. Um, in fact, that's what her attorney recommended. She put her attorney in the case is defense attorney Mark Catlin, who has come up many times on this <laughs> podcast. This is Mark Catlin Sr., the okay guy. Mark Catlin Jr., for people who don't recall, is the guy who apparently was bribing people in the government to get people out on parole. I, I recall this, yeah. 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 This is the father. This guy's okay. And hasn't this the father? The father's come up before, too. Or two, just being a, a lawyer in things yeah. that happen? Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's because we cover so much out of Gamey County, you're going to see a lot oh, of the same defense attorneys. So, All right. So she was sent to the... The Oshkosh Asylum, not to be in the asylum, but to be examined to see if she was insane or not. She was pronounced sane. They thought okay. she was just fine. And I would agree with that because, I mean, it took her three times to do this. If she was insane, I think it would have taken her a lot less time yeah. to actually pull the trigger. <laughs> this was definitely a very thoughtful thing. Yeah. Um, so the judge in the trial who sent her for examination and will be the judge in the case, this is the guy who you've probably heard of. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. His name is Judge Joseph R. McCarthy. Okay, and the name rings a bell. I Wait. It was he, he, so he's one of the McCarthys from the McCarthy story. No, 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 no darn no, it. No, great try. <laughs> great try. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> no, uh, no, Joe McCarthy. You don't know Joe McCarthy? I don't think so. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. And maybe once you say his name, I'll know, or explain it, I'll know who he is. But. Okay, so I mean, I shouldn't, I shouldn't say it like that because now there's going to be listeners who don't know either, <laughs> and they're going to be like, "Why are you being a jerk about it?" <laughs> um, so, so Joe McCarthy uh, grew up in the Grand Chute, Appleton area. I grew up on a farm. He went to local schools. He went to law school. He came out. He became a judge. Um, and apparently, 
he became judge in a questionable way because you had to run for election to be judge. Okay. And apparently, like, his big campaign was saying that the other guy was way too old <laughs> to be judge. But every time he would he would go and campaign, he would, like, increase the other guy's age. <laughs> like, the guy was, like, in his 60s, but he's like, this guy's, like, 75. This guy's 78. He's way too old. But the other guy, it might not have made any difference because the other guy also had a bad track record. Um, a lot of his cases got overturned on appeal, so he wasn't considered a great judge in the first place. What Joe McCarthy is known for is that after he's a judge in Appleton, he joins the military, is fairly successful in the military, comes out, uses that record to run as a senator. Okay. He becomes a senator, and as senator, he does this thing which now we call McCarthyism. And... What he did is he really, really, really disliked communists. Because, keep in mind, this is like the 40s and 50s. But he was a little bit over the top about it. <laughs> um, he would go on speeches and he would say things like, there are 250 members of the Communist Party in the State Department. And they'd always ask him for the names, but he would never give them the names. names. So he got really famous for like campaigning and, and just going on giving speeches saying that there were communists hiding everywhere. Like, okay. that's what Joe McCarthy is famous for. And depending on how you look at that, he was either right, he was wrong, or he was an absolute nut. <laughs> <laughs> and and um, today, generally, most people think that he was wrong or a nut. Um, some people still think he was right. Like, there's still some people who are very big supporters of him. but But generally, he was never able to produce the evidence, so... They're kind of like probably just made it up. So, and he's still alive today. So he is but not I, alive today. Oh, he's not alive. Well, he's, you said he was still in. You meant he's buried in he's Appleton. Buried in Appleton. <laughs> yes, he's buried. Well, he's, aren't you clever? He's in Saint Mary's Cemetery. He's in Appleton right now. So, because of this podcast, three hundred people are going to go to the Saint Mary Cemetery and see Joe McCarthy. It's a very nice grave. It <laughs> overlooks the river. It's very nice. Um, but. Uh, but yeah, that's so. That's he was. He was. I. I'm kind of surprised you didn't know that. But um. But Never. You know, but yeah, maybe I, I, I'm surprised that you would think I would know that. Why uh, would I know about a guy that ran around screaming communism everywhere? In, it's kind of a big deal. I don't know. But anyway, I, I guess, don't know anything. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well. So anybody at home who didn't know, don't don't feel bad. I'm sorry. I sometimes I forget that. Not everybody knows weird history stuff. Okay. And feel free to write in and make fun of me for not knowing that if you did, because feel free I'm, to write I'm in very and call comfortable me an ass. I don't. That's fine, too. <laughs> um, well, anyway, so he's, at this point in time, he's not famous yet. He's just a, a local Outagamie County judge. Um, so he's overseeing the case. Uh, while waiting for trial, Richard's estate enters probate. Um, he's estimated to have $24,000. Which, like, it's not a significant amount, but it's decent for the 40s. He left a will. It had no witness signature, because probably didn't expect he was going to (laughs) die. But he left his estate to somebody named Mrs. Bernice Parker Masterson of Appleton. Hmm. Now, I don't know. So I looked into Bernice, and her first husband, Mr. Masterson, um, I don't know if he died or they got divorced. I couldn't find where he went. 
But not long after this, she does get remarried to a guy, and and they stay married for the rest of her life, life, decades. So I don't know if this is supposed to be the other woman or not. What what about? Did you look into like age? Would they have been in an age range that would make yes. sense? Yes, I mean she was she was maybe ten or twelve years younger than him, but that's certainly reasonable, right? You know, yeah. Like if he's if he's a middle aged guy and he's like he's got some side hustle going on. I mean, it makes sense that yeah, yeah. he's going to get like this ten year younger lady. <laughs> so um, certainly possible that this is her, but. I don't know that for a fact, but I also, if it's not, I have no idea why she's the only one named in the will because she's not a family member or anything like that. Yeah, that's weird. So um, I don't know what the connection is between the two. I don't want to assume, but I I think it's a reasonable reasonable explanation that that she, the only thing is, is I, when you told the story and you said they were, she was going to be, he was going to be down in Chicago with somebody. Right. I took that as the person that the other woman was from Chicago. And I I did as well, which is, which is why I wasn't a hundred percent about that, but it could just mean that they were going going to a weekend in Chicago or something. So, but yeah, I, I originally, I agree. I read that as. The other woman lived in Chicago. That's the way I read it, but that may not be accurate. I don't know. So there's a few holes, and I'll, I'm gonna I'll make one more digression here. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to move this. I'm sorry, but um, so I just to be clear, I did put in a request for the police file on this case. Actually, that was going to be a question I was going to ask you. Okay, so. I did put in a request for it, and actually, the first the first time I sent an email and I said, "Would you guys even have this?" Because it's 1940. I know that's kind of pushing it a little bit. And they said, yeah, we probably still have it. So I put in a request for it, and they said they'd look. Um, and it's been about a week now, and I haven't heard anything, which doesn't necessarily mean anything because sometimes it takes a while if it's stored off-site or something. So I haven't seen the police file if it exists. Um, and it probably would not add very much because this is a pretty cut-and-dried case, but it would probably explain who the other woman was. Anyway, the, the reason for this digression is just to say, um, if I do get that police file, the notes will be added in and they'll be on the website. So the, the story will be fleshed out a little bit more for people who are curious. So if I don't answer the question here, I might know that answer by the time I post it. So that's all. Unless, you, can, unless you had another question. In le- if they can find the police file. If they can <laughs> find, find the If poli- they can find it. They, well, they seem to think that they would have it. Yeah. And I would think that just because she was... The ex-wife was so open about t- talking about this situation. And I'm assuming you just got those little tidbits of what she was saying about how she had carried the gun three times all from like newspaper. Yeah, this is all from the newspaper. Yeah, so I just feel like the testimony in that file would probably tell you a lot about yeah. her. You know, like Oh, absolutely. Yeah. If they if they still have the actual notes of the interview they did, oh yeah. She, I bet she, you she probably she just was lays for it an hour. Yeah, she laid it all out. Yeah. for them so so yeah i agree so hopefully they do find that but um but otherwise yeah this is from the newspaper and then i did a little genealogy stuff just to kind of flesh out who was who but um but yeah anyway so nothing special happens in the trial we already know you know the the doctors say she's sane she's already admitted to everything so after the trial the judge turns it over to the jury the deliberations were very quick uh, I mean, it's like not even worth talking because it, it sends out the jury and by the same end of the same day they're done. Done. Wow. So 
What do you think she is found guilty or not guilty? I would say she's definitely found guilty. She is definitely found guilty. She, I don't get those right very often, but this one seems like a pretty open shut one. She did. She did get found guilty. Um, Judge McCarthy sentenced her to life in prison at Taichita. Well, yeah. all right. Cool. And allegedly, this is according to the newspaper, allegedly she was the first woman from out of Gamey County to get a life sentence. I don't know if that's true, but that's what the paper said. So now, you said life sentence. And yeah. I, I've recently learned, so there's different things with life sentence. So you didn't say life sentence without parole. Right. So did she then ev- eventually get out of prison? I don't know. You don't know that? Okay. <laughs> I, I wasn't able to find anything of where she ended up. So I don't know if she ever got out or not. Uh, Couldn't find like a death record or anything. No, no, which is weird, but I didn't. Maybe she's still rotting away in Cheeto right now. That would be pretty amazing. Yeah, like what I should be like 110. (laughs) I mean, it's possible. (laughs) Possible, but I don't. I'm going to say probably Probably not. not. (laughs) Probably not. But. Yeah, if I can find that again, I'll add that to the notes. This was a pretty pretty straightforward one. The only reason that this was even worth talking about was because I got to bring in Joe McCarthy, who you didn't know anyway. But, <laughs> but I was like... You oh, know. Eric's going to really like this one because yeah. Joe McCarthy's in it, and Eric has no idea. Yeah, Joe but, I, but, I thought that's, but I thought, you know, we haven't mentioned him yet. <laughs> he is one of the, the major figures to come out of Appleton, so um, it's kind of cool to throw that in there. Yeah. Little little added in Wisconsin history. Yeah. So everybody yeah. gets their little dose of Wisconsin history while somebody else, somebody always gets murdered. Yeah, well, some, almost always gets murdered. Somebody gets murdered and then you learn a little something. <laughs> about, you think you're learning about murder, but actually you're learning about Joe McCarthy. Sorry. <laughs> Whoops. But um but yeah, so like I said, pretty straightforward. Any notes I find I'll add, but that's really it. Yeah. So. And I really wanna I w- would like to know. Because I do not peruse your website yeah, on a regular basis. So I don't either. I would really like to know when you do have, if you do get that file. Because I would actually like, I would like to see the testimony of this this lady. Yeah. Just to see, like, because her motivations are very interesting to me. Because this is so calculated. And and I, I'm sure she shared why. Yeah. You know, with the police, like, why she wanted to do this. Like, she's not just going to be, I can't imagine the cops are like, so you went and bought a gun under a fake name because you knew you were going to shoot your ex-husband with it, but you had no reason to shoot your ex-husband. I'm sure she disclosed what the reasoning was, and if it well, was we true. know we know what the reason is. Well, it was in do we? It was in theory the woman. It was in theory the woman. Yeah, but but you never know. That just might might have been the trigger. There might right. be a whole nother whole much bunch more backstory to it than that. Yeah, I you I know? definitely find their relationship interesting because they're divorced. Um, so. Uh, presumably at that point in time they didn't like each other very much but they still continued to hang out like on a regular basis so so i'm very curious about this this situation they have like if if he's seeing this other woman and she still wants to be with him but he's interested in this other lady but yet he's still agreeing to meet up with her even though he's seeing someone else but they don't have any children together so really has no reason to ever see her I don't know. I mean, maybe that's not weird, but it seems like there's something a little unusual about that to me. Yeah, and if I had to guess a theory on this, I would kind of assume that he probably had moved on from the... I assume that they got a divorce because of another woman. 
Mm-hmm. He kind of kept stringing along the ex-wife, thinking that there was a chance they would get back together. Yeah. And then hearing that, hearing about the other woman is what set her off to say, oh, okay, he's just stringing me along. Boom, I'm going to kill him. But yeah. he did, she did anticipate killing him long before she ever really knew that. But I'm guessing she had her suspicion. Yeah. And she I'm, was I'm sure waiting she for the evidence. And once she knew that he was with somebody else he was gonna she was that was her plan she was gonna be like i'm done with you yeah and her done was not walk away her done was put a bullet in it right so yeah so so we'll we'll fill in a couple pieces hopefully but generally i mean we get we get the idea yeah so i think it's an interesting story either way yeah good cool so yeah so, so sorry if this wasn't the most exciting one but it's Always fun to kind of just explore what makes people do what they do. So. And I think people have to understand that when you're working in a hundred mile radius or whatever the technical radius we work in here, yeah, I they're don't gonna, think that's even that yeah, much. They're going to get dry after a little while because there's just only so many murders, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So well, I did. I have a. I have a. I still have a list that I'm working from. And I just added another one to the list about a, a circus performer. So <laughs> so there's a circus story coming up. That's awesome. I don't know, I don't know when. I don't know how far down the list it's going to be, but there's going to be a circus sooner or later on here. All right. Well, stay tuned for that one. So, all right. Well, then I think we'll wrap this one up unless you've got anything else. No, yeah. I think that's about it for this. All right. Well, as always, thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, If you enjoy this podcast, leave a review on your favorite podcast player, and we will be back in two weeks with another episode. All right. Thanks for tuning in to Fox City's Murder and Mayhem. Join us in two weeks for another exciting episode of Murder and Mayhem.